my name is Vicky. I'm the creator and founder of the Groove Project Australia, helping you find your groove, create your groove and live an amazing, delicious life. So today is such a beautiful day in Sydney. I think it's about, I don't know, 22 degrees-ish. There is not a cloud in the sky and I'm sitting here in my apartment and I'm looking out the window and it is just blue skies as far as I can see. I've already been for my walk this morning. I have been on holidays for the last couple of weeks and I've really enjoyed being able to go for a walk. Uh, Usually in the afternoons, I'm really lucky I have a park uh, quite nearby that's got a good track that you can walk around and it's, I don't know, probably about, I think it's, it's probably just under four kilometres Um, to do the loop and it's a little bit more to sort of get there and back but I did that this morning and I discovered uh, I think it was last week on my walk that uh, if I took a little bridge across the river that I could actually then walk uh, further along the river and under bridges and um, down the main part of the shopping strip and back to my apartment which adds maybe about another two two and a half kilometers onto it so today, because it was just so beautiful and I was enjoying listening to my audiobook, I decided that I would uh, make the walk that little bit longer. So if you can hear my stomach during this recording, um, if you are a bariatric patient, you will probably chuckle a little bit because you know uh, the weird noises your stomach makes. Uh, if you are not, um, it, stomachs are very different after uh, you've had bariatric surgery I had the sleeve so my stomach is quite a lot smaller and as a result is a lot noisier as well I after my walk I on the way back I went to a local supermarket and picked up the ingredients for breakfast because I was out of eggs and I really wanted a nice breakfast and this is what I was I'm going to talk a little bit about today because on my way to my walk I I put my uh, debit card in in my pocket as I do a lot of the time this at the moment and I was going to treat myself for a nice breakfast out you know being Sunday and uh, being such a beautiful day I was going to treat myself and what I mean by treat myself is not about the food it's not about going yay you know I've been so and I'm, I'm using inverted commas here that you can't see, but you know, good this week. I deserve uh, something special. I deserve a treat. Uh, that's not what I define treats as anymore. A, a treat for me was like, a, it's like a special occasion, something uh, a little bit more special. Like I do eat out. I do uh, get food from the local, you know, the shops from uh, the local Westfields, uh, which is a shopping center. Uh, and I don't really consider that much of a treat, but, uh, sitting down and having a really nice breakfast at a table or lunch or dinner, that for me is a treat and it has nothing to do with the food I was going to consume. So, uh, about halfway through my walk, I decided that I didn't really feel like finding somewhere to eat my breakfast, that I would instead, uh, make something that I felt like at home and treat myself in that way. So that's what I did. I made myself, um, I got some Italian meatballs and I had one of those 
uh, on a English muffin with some barbecue sauce and an egg. So that was really lovely. So my stomach's digesting that at the moment. So you might hear a few few little noises. So um, we might keep a tally or something of, of how often we hear hear Vicky's weird sleeve making noises throughout all these podcast episodes. So I put up on Instagram a photo of my breakfast this morning and, and I just made it a point to say that, you know, as I said earlier, treating myself had nothing to do with the food. But, you know, it wasn't always the case. I never always felt that way. I was on diets all the time and if I wasn't on a diet I was thinking about being on a diet or berating myself because I was off my diet I never had that peace and that relaxation and that freedom with food and I used to watch a few of my friends who appeared to have that freedom and I would always look for clues and signs and and without asking them because that was just far too embarrassing but I'd try and work out how they navigated the world of eating and food and that balance uh, of having a body that is not only healthy but also aesthetically uh, fitting in uh, and but also more importantly looking like their true selves and you know as I said I used to look look at them and, and think how how do they do it what what secrets do they have and I I remember for years and years and years just almost studying my friends and, and trying to work it out. And over time, there were a few little things that I, I sort of noticed and the more I hung out with them, the more I was able to copy. But then when your friends change or when your social circle changes and the people that you spend the most time with are different as well, uh, it's also very interesting when you figure out that you all have issues with eating and which is primarily how you met anyway um, and then how that then affects your food one of the things that I always used to think and I don't know whether I ever consciously thought a lot of these things but I looking back I know I did is this whole concept and we hear it a lot now because uh, no dieting, diets and food freedom and intuitive eating and mindful eating are more mainstream now, which is great. Um, I feel like the waters have been muddy quite a bit and you've got extremes of one or the other. Uh, but that's something that I'd like to talk about in, in greater detail later. But when we're looking um, at these, you know, let's just say intuitive or mindful eating, there is this concept about that food is no food is good and no food is bad and I'm sure you've heard that before and I was looking through my diaries I, I said that I'd, I'd always kind of journaled on and off over the years and particularly diets um, when I was on a diet and then that slow progression of no longer being on that diet and then you know finding hope on another diet um, but I was just looking at one today back in 1998 and I was probably about 24, 25, I think. No, 24. Yeah, probably about 24. And this is what I wrote. I wrote, what is wrong with me? I still haven't really lost any weight. I binged on a hamburger, chips, chicken thins and two Nestle mousses. 
This was done out of rebellion and anger at myself. So I was so mad at myself that I punished myself or I thought I was punishing myself by eating this food. And whenever I did this, and I remember actually reading this, I can remember this day really clearly. I was uh, living by myself. I was house sitting or, you know, pretty much house sitting for my grandmother after my grandfather had passed away and she had moved into uh, my bedroom at my parents' place. And I remember hiding, they had a little sunroom at the back of the house and I hid in that sunroom at the back of the house and I closed the door. And remember, I lived alone, (laughs) Um, but I I closed that door and I'd binged on this food that I'd walked to the shops to get. And there are a whole heap of other reasons and, and things that were going on at the time that it wasn't just about food. Food was an escape and a comfort. And, you know, as I write down here, what I thought was an act of rebellion. Um, but I was, I did that in secret and I ate that food in shame. And I, you know, if my boyfriend at the time or, or my parents had knocked on the door, they would have thought that I wasn't home or I was asleep and I couldn't hear them. But really, I was, I was hidden away in this little sunroom at the back of the house, binging my feelings, you know, binging on this food and, and stuffing down my feelings. And you notice that, well, I notice that when I was doing that um, and when I think back on, on all of that, the things that I binged on were never nutrient-dense foods. Like, you know, it was never fruits, it was never vegetables, it was never a high volume of really good quality food. It was always the foods that I'd been denying myself. And if I flick through the pages in this diary right now, I was actually doing um, a program, a food delivery program called Light and Easy, which is still really popular in Australia now. And it was popular back, you know, 20, 20 odd years ago as well. Um, and I was on that and I was, I remember being starving and I was flicking through the, the journal earlier and I could see that, you know, I was struggling with, with the amount of food that I wasn't eating because, you know, again, with these, some of these prepackaged meals, I think they're a little bit better these days, but definitely back then they they were very small and they were very calorie dense for the, the amount you were actually getting because it was prepackaged. Like it wasn't like you were able to eat, a, you know, a really big salad as well as, you know, the chicken or whatever it was. It, it was it was chicken in sauces or, or whatever it was, but it was it was trying to get you to have portion control. But really there wasn't enough nutrients to balance it out and therefore, you know, we get starving on it. And so... I would binge on all this food that I was denying myself. And it came down to the fact that I had categorized food as good or bad, you know, Um, food that was on my diet, food that was off my diet, food that was going to make me be skinny because that's what I wanted back then because I thought skinny would fix everything that was wrong in my life. Um, and all foods that were going to make me move further away. But the thing was, I couldn't stay away from those foods. I couldn't stay away from the chips and the hamburgers and the hot chips and, and the, the ice creams and things like that, no matter how hard I tried. And, oh, my God, I tried so hard. Um, 
a strategy I used to use then and I, it sort of popped up in these journals is I would go and have a bath. Um, and it's funny, after bariatric surgery, I'm now 10, almost 11 months and out of, of having that surgery. Um, I, if I'm at home at night or I've got some time and it's generally at night and all I want to do is eat because eating happens very quickly now. I'm one of those people who can actually, you know, eat my food relatively quickly rather than slowly and yes I know I'm the bad bariatric patient you can just I don't I don't do half of the things that I guess um we've been told to do or are the normal most beneficial um but I can eat fairly quickly and if I'm not mindful my food can be over within five minutes and then that's kind of it so there's a lot of time that I have left of an evening and you know, TV is good, but, you know, Netflix is great, but it, it's boring after a while. And there are other things that I will do uh, as a bit of a hobby. But when I come home from a really long, hard day at work, uh, mentally making a lot of decisions, um, you know, low-level stress, I, I miss having food as my hobby. You know, I miss, I miss being able to just get up and entertain myself with food. So I will have a bath. And there was a time there where I was having, I think, maybe four baths a day because I was trying to avoid eating. And you know what? That's not a bad thing. Absolutely not a bad thing at all. So I've sort of gone off track a little bit. But um, what I want to say about this no good or bad food is that we're not really saying whether something, a food is good nutrient-wise or not nutrient-wise. What we, what we as a collective say when, when we say things are good or bad when we're talking about food is we put a moral value on it. And like as I said earlier, there were foods that I could eat on my diet, there were foods I could eat off my diet and there were very rarely you know, neutral foods in between. But the thing is, foods, food is food. It doesn't matter how it's made, it doesn't matter where it's come from. You know, unless people or, or things were harmed in the, the making of that food, um, you know, I wouldn't want to go, I wouldn't want to eat some dumplings where someone was, you know, killed over them or something like that. But what I'm saying is that, that food is not morally good and it's not morally bad. Yes, there are some foods that are better for our health than for others. That is true. Um, but I think this moralism about food and around food actually creates uh, a lot of stress um, and a lot of us questioning ourselves and what we see and what we read. And then we kind of, not panic, but part of us then needs to really want to try and find that equilibrium. And by trying to, you know, work out which are the most optimum foods and things like that, it then becomes really stressful. And if you are somebody like me and your natural instinct or your habit has been in the past to eat when you're stressed, then you're just going to get yourself into a big old cycle. And the secret to all this is to extracting yourself from that idea. Um, it's not easy to do because you're still going to have people up, you know, in your life and around you or things you see on socials that's telling you that, you know, don't eat this food, it's bad, or don't eat, you know, that food or eat more of this food and, you know, depending on how old you are and, and how long you've been dieting for, I bet that you, like me, have seen 
you know, things like coffee being touted as this amazing, you know, thing. And then the next thing you read, coffee's bad for you. Or, you know, you've got all the people who are, who are going on about kale and how amazing kale was. But then when other people looked at that, well, the things that were special about kale could be found in other green leafy vegetables as well. So, you know, we live in such a fast-paced world and where there is so much information available to us that we, if we don't stop and think about how we judge and perceive food, then we're going to get caught up in this cycle of, of thinking stuff is good and stuff is, is, is bad. One of the things, and, and this is the thing that I want to leave you with this, with this podcast today, is something that Mark David said in, um, I think it was a training that I did um, for mind body eating coaching. Um, and I think he says it in, in a lot of his books as well. Um, basically, it's just the dose makes the poison. And when I heard that, it really rang like a million aha moments for me. It made food this equal, on an equal playing field for me. What I did to slowly extract myself from the idea that food was good or food was bad was to keep telling myself and reminding myself that the dose makes the poison. So I could over, I could eat just, I keep going back to kale, but you know, um, yeah, I could eat kale. And I could eat kale every single day for a month. And yep, there'd be some benefits to that. But that dose is so high that I'm going to be missing out on protein. I'm going to be missing out on healthy fats. I'm going to be missing out on iron. I'm going to be missing out on a bunch of things that my body still uh, deserves and needs to function uh, by eating you know, what is being termed over the last few years as, as a superfood, as a really good food. And you know I'm using those air quotes again when I say that. Saying, you know, if you're eating Big Macs every day, you know, and we're less inclined to think that that's a good idea. Um, but again, the dose makes the poison. So it's that idea of balance and where the tipping point is and I think we, we you know we can all sort of work out for ourselves where we where we where our own tipping point is with something. Um, I know that I have difficulties uh, digesting lactose, and a lot more now since my surgery. But I can have a little bit of milk. I can have a little bit of yogurt. I can have some hard cheese, and but there's a point if I have more lactose or dairy that I should. There's my tipping point and the dose makes the poison and it's the consequences, as you can imagine, are not pretty. So what I'd love for you to do today is make a list. Make a list of all your favorite foods, foods that you love to eat, foods that uh, feel good to you, feel good in your body, uh, foods, you know, not in any particular list when you first do it. Then what I want you to do is leave it for a day, maybe two, come back to it and then put it in a category of, food, of you know, how often you would consume it or eat it. So, you know, every now and then one category, every day another category. And then as you're doing that, I just want you to think, am I thinking that these foods that I eat every day are the good foods? Am I thinking the foods that I only eat sometimes or rarely 
are the bad foods and why do I feel that way? Then I just want you to consider with those foods that you're eating, well, the dose makes the poison. So where is your tipping point? Where does it become okay for you to eat that food more regularly than others? So that's what I'm going to leave you with today. And I hope you got something out of it. I hope it gave you some new ideas or I hope it um, reminded you of something that you already know. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about uh, food and um, diets and how there is no one diet for all of us and and sort of where that thinking comes from in, an, in a future episode as well. So I think I've just gone over my 20 minutes today but maybe you will forgive me for that. Um, but I have loved doing today's podcast again. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here while I start up and practice um, you know, this particular way of, of sharing some information in my stories. Um, I hope you'll stick with me and I will catch up with you again next episode.